0: What's going on? This is the convo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. Oakridgeford.com. Edge Escape F-150 rolling in right now. A ton of Bronco sports will be hitting the lot uh, early next month. New vehicles are on the way with lower interest rates. I can help you out on them. As you know, Norm James, along with Mike Jello, the Maple Leafs have won four in a row, 11-1-1 and in their past 13. They've pretty much solidified their... You know, second spot in the division, 108 points. Yeah, five games to go in the regular season, but it's looking like it'll be you know a second place finish with um, Tampa or Boston on the menu. That's a lot of fun. Mike wanted to do a midweek show, so hello to you. What's on your mind? Uh, Good evening,
1: Norm. Uh, Well, you know, I was up last last you know yesterday for the uh, the game against Philadelphia. Um, I mean, it's tough to really gauge. Um, you know, where your team is at playing against a team that's sort of playing out the string. Although, you know, I, I said, it and I got some heat from people uh, on Twitter, I said, you know, because after the first period, it was probably one of the worst first periods in terms of both teams uh, that i had seen all year. They'd been outshot by a team that is essentially playing out the string 15 to 12 and i'm like here you go leafs once again playing down to their opposition and then you know then finally they sort of the cream rose to the top i just i mean now you can say well you know they're not going to be playing bad teams in the playoffs but
0: that's still not a good sign in terms of just being consistent um what's consistent to you though mike and We've been talking about this team playing down to the competition, uh, raising its game against the top-level teams, mm-hmm. giving up leads, taking back leads. But what what is consistent? It seems to me the only thing that's consistent about this team is inconsistent. The, the way it inconsistency and in the way it plays. But at the end of the day, 108 points. That's uh, nothing to sneeze at. Actually, we should a- applaud that, no matter what. Right, but but you know, I mean, and.
1: And Sheldon Keefe and some of the players have said this. That's all fine and good. You know, it's like, it's great. You know, fifty <laughs> one victories. You know, hundred and six whatever one hundred and six points and second place and home ice advantage in the playoffs. It means diddly squat if they lose in the first round right. to a team. You know, it's like the, this, this season is the playoffs. Now that's the mentality. I think that that most in the fan base are adopting and say, Oh, it's great. You know, we love Austin Matthews. who hope we get 60 goals. Oh, Mitch Marner's uh career high in points. And, you know, uh Jack Campbell, 30 wins and all these individual, it means diddly. I mean, I was a different word It begins with a D it means nothing if, right. if they don't do something in the playoffs. And that's why I think the, the race for third place in the division um, is extremely meaningful because, and I'm in the minority here, I've talked to a few people. They said, oh, I think they can beat Tampa. Tampa looks like they're out of gas. Tampa looks like, you know, they, you know they're they they're feeling the, uh, wow.
0: you know. Th- th- that Montreal th- was going to get rolled over last year too. Right. Well, right. And, but the thing, okay, the difference here is. And Columbus it, was supposed to lose.
1: Right. But, the, okay. And the, Boston. But the difference here is, is the fact that, the Leafs would be the underdog against Tampa, even though they'd have home ice advantage. They'd be the underdog because you're talking about the two-time Stanley Cup champions. Right. Okay, um, I mean, I, I don't care. I, I, it's like you know, if you're second place, if you have a better record, that you should win. But that's not the way the playoffs works. It's mm-hmm. a, and, and, and Tampa Bay has slumped badly over the last month. Um, and I, but honestly, I don't. If I'm a Leaf fan. Uh, If I'm a Leaf player, I want nothing to do with Tampa. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping Boston catches them because in spite of the fact that there is, you know, there is psychic PTSD when it comes to the Boston Bruins, that they've lost three seven game series in the last decade. You look at that team, a rookie goaltender, not as much depth as they've been. Mm -hmm. They've had a few years in over the last few years if I'm picking and choosing, I'd rather play Boston. Now they Boston could very well kick their ass, right? But, but the, that's see, That's the thing. That's uh, last year. Everybody wanted to play Montreal. Okay, they got Montreal, <laughs> and then what happened? They choked. Oh my gosh! <sighs> and then that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, okay, you know, you got what you wanted, and then you lost. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not to legislate what happened last year all over again, but if, you're, if you get the team that you want to play against, which they're not going to say it. I tried to draw it out of Sheldon Keefe. I tried to draw it out of John John Tavares. I asked him, he says, I know you're not looking past Philadelphia, but you're playing Tampa. That's a team that you're likely going to play in the playoffs. That's a team that you're fighting for home ice advantage. You know, are you sort of looking past the Philadelphia game? And they're like, oh no, we pick every game, one game at a time. Yeah, okay, they've got the, they've got the, the yeah. talking points, and they're yeah. not going to give them bolt and board material. But if you're no. telling me they're, they're anxious to play yeah. the two-time Stanley Cup champions, I got a Brooklyn, I got a bridge in Brooklyn that I'll friggin' sell you. This is
0: the combo for Oak Ridge Ford, Norman London, Mike in chick Let's do a bit of a roll call. Corey Parrish in the house. David Haina, Joe Shedler still kicking around. veats. Uh, Mr. Truman does. Jim Bianchini. Yeah, combo on a Wednesday evening. How about it? Rob, one of the Maple brothers in the mix. And uh, that's about it. Uh, I, I I see essentially OGs um, in the... Oh, and of course, uh, Jeremy Dubb. Uh, all OGs, guys, you are the best. You are yeah. the reason we do this. Look, I, I, the funny thing is finally somebody's acknowledging. I, I got this hat at the game on Sunday. The Leafs beating the A's. All right, Mike. See, this is this is a standard Yankee fan. My hat's bigger than yours. More people yeah. like it. The thing is, this hat. I mean, they're expensive. I well, I wanted one because I like the fact that it has the um, the mesh in the back. Mm -hmm. So it was like totally legit from spring. Look at Mike. You look like Roy Smalley. Like seriously. (laughs) Derek Um, Sanderson Jeter. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Sanderson Jeter. What a beaut. Thurman Munson, the captain. So that's the thing, Mike, you break out your Yankee hat. I just want to show off my Jays hat. And then obviously old faithful, um, slim with the uh, flat, um, (laughs) nice and straight brim. So here's the thing. Um, look, we should be excited about what the Leafs are doing right now. You could suggest they're peaking too soon. Uh, you could also suggest that this is part of the ascent forward at the end. uh, Go ahead.
1: Nobody's saying that about Florida. Who's won 10 in a row. It's like you know you're 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 a week. Well, and leaf a half.
0: fans leaf uh, fans, leaf fans, and I'm not talking about the OGs, but let's face it. There's a bulk of leaf fans who are fucking annoying, and yeah. they will they, they. I mean, everything they look they look inward, they're insular. There's no nothing else matters. So the Leafs Leafs fans are are, are certainly annoying, and they'll tell you that this is the 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 championship run cometh, um, and you know, no matter what anybody else does, it really doesn't matter because it's recency bias. Today, 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 today. Let's. Well, we're not worried about what happened. In last year and the year before and the year before that and, you know, the decade prior to that and the decade before that. And right. So again, and that's part of what we're doing here, Mike. And again, the boomers with gray, you know, because uh, everybody, we're the only ones who age, you know, we're just kind of putting some perspective on it. Love what's happening. Matthews. Thank you. Nylander, 32 goals. Oh, career high in points. Come on now. Worth every penny. Congratulations. Let's see it happen in the playoffs now, boys, whether it's Boston or, or Tampa. Here's the thing. And you mentioned it, Boston. The crest is an intangible. OK, it, it's the prevailing environment, the fans that 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 you go to Boston. It's one of the best sports towns in North America. They're going to let you hear it. It's, you're going to feel it. But are they as equipped this time around to handle the Goliath, that, uh, the offensive Goliath? That is the Leafs compared to the past? Probably not. Right. So, Mike, you make a good point that if they can avoid Tampa, uh, Tampa and get Boston in the first round, finally exercise that demon, get some wins on the board, get a first round win under their belts for the first time in forever and get some bloody momentum moving forward. I like the way you're thinking, but five games to go, we shall see.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, and, you know, obviously there's not much consequence right now over the remaining five games four on the road uh, and then. Uh, or, sorry, excuse me. Um, actually, they, they flip flopped the game with Detroit. So it's three on the road and then two at home, Detroit and Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's not much consequence to these games. If they win tomorrow against Tampa, the magic number is one in terms of points to get home ice advantage. So, and, and not to say that, you know, I mean, that's going to be, you know, Tampa's motivated right now because if they, it, you know, they're, they're battling for third place. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I think they're trying to sort of recover from what's, what's been a bad, what's been a bad month, but, um, you know, I mean, the Leafs are sort of playing with house money and I think they want to send the, the, the right signal. Cause you know, if you're playing, if, if you're playing Tampa, you don't want to sort of like lay down in this game. You, you want to go in and do what you did the last time, which was a couple weeks ago when they, they. They uh, won 6-2 at Amelie Arena. They, they want to do that again to put a little doubt in the in the in the heads of Tampa Bay. But you know, this is a team that's won eight consecutive postseason series. They're not intimidated. They they may be concerned about like the Leafs offense and, and what they have, but we know. When it comes to May the 2nd or May the 3rd in the opening game of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, if the Leafs are down 2 nothing or down a couple goals in the third period, whose sphincters are tightening? It's the Leafs. It's yeah. not going to be Tampa Bay. It's the, if, uh, if all if they're playing in game one against Boston and, and you know all of a sudden Marchand and Bergeron and Pasternak are scoring multiple goals on the power play, the pre- I mean, the pressure is on this team. It's whether they can deal with it. It's what, you know, they've added veteran guys. I like the makeup of the team. I mean, you can't say that Giordano hasn't had a positive effect. I think yep. he's a stabilizing effect on this team. He's He's been playing mostly with Lilja Grand. has played great, and he's finally, you know, I, I had confidence in the kid going back the last couple of years that eventually he could fit in, and he really is fitting in. Um, you know, they Sheldon Keefe said that their defense is the is the deepest that it's been in the last few years. That's a positive. But the question marks here are, you know, can they handle the pressure? Do they get the goaltending from Jack Campbell? There are a lot of intangibles. There are a lot of question marks Every team has question marks going into the playoffs. But the with the Leafs, I mean, in spite of all the offense, in spite of uh, you know, the success that they've had mm-hmm. other than for a couple stretches, It's whether they can recover from getting punched in the nose in the first couple games of the playoffs, and we don't know if that's going to, you know, what's going to happen because last year when they got punched in the nose, down three to one in the playoffs, the two big players on this team disappeared. Right, they were shut down. I don't think that's going to happen again, but they got to prove me wrong. A
0: hundred percent, Mike. Um, I. There's really not much else to say other than go, play, perform, prove, get it done. Um, yeah, the, the David Haina thinks that uh, Shalgren will, will get a start tomorrow. I th- you know, the thing about the game against Tampa is this, if you're oblivious to the opponent tomorrow and you you win or lose, but you perform well and you get some things accomplished. And one of them being staying healthy, collectively and making sure that you know the the guys who are nursing minor injuries are stay engaged and everybody else on the ice stays stays safe um you kind of set a tone like we've got a mission right and, and anything that we need to to deal with psychologically will happen when the playoffs light shine mm-hmm. as of now to as of now, this is just about closing out the regular season in a historic fashion for the for the organization, some some personal best, and making sure that people are healthy and mentally ready for for the battle. Because a win against Tampa tomorrow, you're going to have the Leaf apologists and the fanboys and the bag the drum bangers going, "Oh look, see, we handled them. We're going to take them down." And then if they lose, you're going to have all the the skeptics and and the trolls. Talking about how it's the last couple of games before the end of uh, Keefe and and um, Dubis's careers with the Maple Leafs, right? It really, it it just it doesn't matter until they get into the playoffs well, and and okay. get and get and get this thing done. But you know, we can talk about it and we can we can gin things up or we can temper things. At the end of the day, this comes down to the guys on the ice mm-hmm. performing for themselves, and you know. Um, as as I look at the the roster, I don't see a championship roster there, but championship rosters develop, and this has the makings of something that can develop into something better and something we haven't seen uh, at least you know in 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 this generation. So, well, right, I mean, right? I mean, let's just—it's all preamble right now, you know. Well,
1: okay, a couple things that I observed yesterday, and anybody right. who's watching the game, I think, caught this. I mean, really. You're seeing Sheldon Keefe over the last few games really just experimenting with the roster, experimenting with different line combinations. Yesterday, he put Engvall with Kerfoot and Neilander. He reunited Kerfoot and Neilander, who played well in the playoffs last year with Kerfoot playing up the middle after Tavares got hurt. So, you know, he did that. He played Abrezees on the number one line between Bunting and Marner and then moved – Camp up there. Well, I mean, when Matthews
0: you, isn't involved, then you you can experiment, right?
1: Right. Well, right. But but I think the point here is is that w- when the playoffs come around, you have to have your players used to playing with other players, with different players that they normally wouldn't play with. Now, it's not just preparing yourself for what's going to happen if somebody gets injured, but you know you don't know if you're going to get the line change. Uh, on the road, the, the right combos, you might want to have a defensive center playing with a, right. an offensive forward. So he's prepping them for that. That's why he's been moving around defensive pairings. Now, people are concerned that you know Matthews has been out the last couple games. Muzzin's been out a few games. Um, I got to the arena early yesterday, saw Muzzin and Matthews, uh, Rasmus Sandin and Andre Kasha all skating around before the the, the morning skate. Um, Matthews did not look hindered at all. I don't know what the injury is. You know, some people think there is no injury. There might be a minor injury, but what this is, and a lot of the media asked, you know, I didn't ask the question, but other reporters, colleagues of mine, they asked the question. They mentioned the term, and we should know it well because of uh, the the history with the Raptors, load management. Mm. Is this load management? Well, we know Matthews is the most important player on this team. Right. Right. If he's got a little, a little bang, a little minor injury, you know, like a, a, you know, an ankle sprain or something like that. It's right to give him a couple games off. Why exacerbate that injury going into the playoffs? You know, Muzzin is coming off the concussion. They say the injury that he's ha- he's dealing with right now is not concussion related. Why not give him a couple games? Let Lillier get extra work. That's, you know, he, you, you have to prep him for the potential of him being in the lineup. I th- I honestly think he deserves to be in the lineup over a guy like Justin Hall, but we know probably they're going to go with, the veteran guy to start off the playoffs. Rasmus Rasmus Sandin looked like he was hundred percent. Now I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what he's dealing with. We know it was a knee injury, but he looked mobile. He was, he was spinning around and skating around with, it didn't seem to have any kind of limitations. Uh, Kasha, the, the, that's the concussion. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think if he comes back, he probably comes back deeper in the playoffs. I think they're going to be careful with him because he's had repeated concussions. But what I'm saying is that the guys who are not uh, in the lineup don't seem like they're seriously debilitated. So I think they're going to have a full crew when it comes to that first game, except for May, except for Mrazek and Kasha. They're going to have a full crew when it comes to game one against whoever they play. So I'm trying to give
0: anyone who subscribes to the youtube channel a bit of a heads up as to when we may do something so i put out a nine hours ago convo update trying to collab together for tonight latest tomorrow any questions comments uh, if if you're not subscribed to to the channel and again you know never mind the, the 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 fate of the the project and stuff like that but i mean especially right now it's it's It doesn't make any sense you really should be um this isn't a time to play games with your your subscribership or you know your devotion or anything if you really like what we're doing hit the subscribe button and i I get caught up with this too where i'll watch youtube videos i I spend a lot of time watching i don't know aviation or trans videos or something dumb like that because you know that's what i do now right um or hockey uh, and I, i find that i've not subscribed and it's not nothing personal. I just haven't done it. So I really need to go back to the main page and go, boom, subscribe. So I, I'm recommending you you go ahead and do that. Uh, because you get, you know, these exhilarating and informative updates from a guy like myself when I'm, you know, just getting out of bed. Um, I did ask for some questions. we got a couple. Tim Knowsworthy. And this blends uh, what he's at, talking about blends with what you are suggesting is, you know, the the experimentation or not suggesting but pointing out the and suggesting that, you know, experimentation right now is probably a good thing because you just never know who you're going to be lined up with when the playoffs begin because it could be a war of attrition, right? And it's who's standing. Tim Noseworthy, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Leafs doing something like putting Clifford and Simmons on the top lines for the first shifts of the game to set it, the tone and build energy then back to the usual lines? Like, to me, that is a a shot across the bow that's an opening salvo like, Okay, one, I, I get it. I get what he's trying to do. I just don't know if the Leafs have it. It's like, really, these two dudes, like, get out of here. They're not going to be able to last. And well, he's, I, I haven't got an answer to that in every which way, shape, or form. To me, that I get the concept, but um, putting it into practice with those guys and where we are right now, at uh, be, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if that makes a lot of sense. Well, okay. Good idea.
1: I have to say that I do think the veteran guys and the guys who are more of the physical uh, members will make their presence known. I don't think you have to put them on the left and right wing with Austin Matthews on the opening face off. You're not going to have them drop the gloves and do a, you know, robbery versus Ty Domi type of thing, but you've seen, you know, that's the thing you've seen Clifford, you know he scored a nice goal um earlier uh a couple games ago right so he's been physical he he dropped the gloves with Tom Wilson against Washington um he's made his presence known I mean he's a respected guy in that locker room he's gonna stick up for his teammates he's done it he's won a Stanley Cup you know so I think when you know when the bell rings for that right. game one he's gonna probably be on the fourth line I would think that you're gonna see one of Clifford or Simmons on that bottom, on that fourth line with Spezza and Colin Blackwell. Um, and I think that they, they'll be there just to, you know, make their presence felt. Uh, but, you know, we know that that's not the game that this team plays. This is not a team that's going to, you know, they're going to get out hit by Boston. They're going to get out hit by Tampa. They're going to rely on puck possession. They're going to rely on, you know, their offensive creativity being the difference. You know, they're going to they're gonna lose the hit battle because that's the way the team has been constructed. I don't agree with it. I think you need to be physical, but we're going to see whether that, that theorem is proved. Um, but, you know, I think they'll make their presence known and I think they are they're, you know, that's why they're there and Simmons, you know, he's, he's going to be here next year and Clifford's just signed a two year extension. So they recognize that they do offer something that is valuable to the team.
0: Mm-hmm. And the thing with Austin Matthews is uh, his game really, I mean, he's, he's peak. Uh, offensive, he, his offensive, peak offensive ability. Where does he change his game? Where does he evolve his game? It's with becoming chippier, more physical. And this, deve- remember these these um the deterioration of the relationship between the, the opposition develops and deteriorates throughout the series. So uh, the well, Tim knows where well, these idea here of having the the knuckle draggers line up with the with the elite. Might not be so far fetched when we're into a game six or something where things have gotten it's you know it's it's a well two series and things have gotten out of hand. uh We just you just you just never know, and that's no. the beauty of the playoffs. And I just hope the Leafs. Sorry, Mike, and I hate to cut you off. People sorry. unsubscribe because I cut you off. No, that's, that's what I. Do. But no, here's here's the thing. That's the beauty of it. I hope the Leafs are in the thick of it, ready to roll them up and go toe-to-toe with these cats if that's what's called for, because that'll show that this team is all in in terms of winning now, exercising the demons, but more importantly, moving forward and accomplishing their goals.
1: Well, let's just say this. I could not have imagined Austin Matthews cross-checking anybody across the neck uh, like he did with Rasmus Dalin last month, and he got suspended for two games. But he was he was sort of like you know he's a big kid, strong kid, and he didn't really want to get get involved with in the in the physical going. Now you've seen you know he's along the boards, he's throwing his weight around, he's using his body yeah. to uh, you know to create, to create offensive opportunities. And when he gets pushed, he right. pushes back, and right. that's valuable because he's for a sure. big, he's a big kid. Uh, and, and that, and that's you know, you need to do that. And you know that okay. If he play, if he plays against Tampa Bay, you know that guys like Patrick Maroon or Victor Hedman, who's six foot seven, or you know, his former teammate in Zach Bogosian or Sergachev or McDonough, they're going to be leaning on Matthews because they right. know that they have to do that to win. So if he fights back, if he pushes back. That will give them a little negative reinforcement that we can't push this guy around. So, yeah,
0: yeah. push, push, push back, then emphasize the pushback with some offense. And and, and that's and that's the thing. You're foolhardy if you're just going to get sucked into someone else's game and be caught flat footed or or on your heels and you're screwed. Right. But there's there's a lot of things that we we should um, be excited to see here. The, the Leafs, I, I don't know if they've been this offensively overpowering or overbearing. And again, uh, look at Marner. He started off like garbage. People thought his career was done and he was gone. And the guy's going to hit 100 points. So there's a res- uh, resurgence there. Um, you know, we've seen Nylander go from the doghouse to the penthouse. So uh, there's, you know, and again, there's kids on the team right now that have no association with 13 no association with uh you know uh 19 20 20 whatever right so you know there's a there's a lot of things that uh, I'm excited to see that that represent a bit of a fresh start or a um you know a higher level than what we've been used to even even with the leafs team up 3-1 uh, on montreal we're going to get some more questions brad tindall the leafs have been flirting with positionless hockey at times it can confuse hard match d uh, but can lead to odd man rushes against our forward going the other way. Will we see this in the playoffs? Should we see this? Um, should we see this in the playoffs? Did you get that? Uh, it's a little bit of a convoluted. Like, so they're kind of out, out of position, right? Um, uh, can, the odd man rushes against the Leafs because they're positionless, um, you know, are we going to see them tighten things up a little bit, be a little bit more structured? I,
1: well, I would think so, but I, I also think that they're not going to go out of their comfort zone. I mean, the thing the thing is is that the way that they're going to try to win is right. put the other team on the defensive. I mean, the one thing about the one thing about Tampa is, and uh, I think that a series against Tampa will be similar styles, meaning they're an offensive team, the Leafs are an offensive team. But the thing is they have Vasilevsky who's the great equalizer and their defense is more, you know, I think battle tested. Yeah. Um, and so, so, I mean, I think the Leafs have some disadvantages there. What they, if they play Boston, Boston is, is the team that we've known they're they're a defensive shutdown team. They're a physical team. It's contrast, it's contrasting styles. And what, yeah. will, what will have to be is the Leafs fighting through that, you know, you're going to have Bergeron checking either Matthews or Tavares and then you know, if he shuts down whoever he's up against, then the other center is going to have to produce. And that's always been, that's always been the case when it comes to Boston. Mm -hmm. Now they don't, they don't have David Krejci anymore. They don't, they don't, I just
0: don't think they're, I don't again, again, they're the intangibles and we don't know if the Leafs are going to lose their nerve again. They have to prove they they're not going to, but I I don't know if uh, Boston's equipped to the degree it was. um, And if, this pound for pound again the Leafs are not the favorites regardless just in our hearts but on paper if you didn't have any skin in the game and there was no historical tie to what was happening now you would say the Leafs are are the better of the two just a couple of things we should get into before we take off and again thanks for joining us all 19 of you um you know I always get like oh is the best podcast ever uh, yeah, tell your friends and and come, have them come on over. Uh, Jim Bianchini, uh, we can beat Florida teams if we stay healthy. Um, where was the one question? Uh, need more cowbell if the opposition goes um, all out on shutting the, down the Matthews line. Where do the Leafs get scoring? There's tons of places, right?
1: Well, I mean, then then the onus is on John on the line with John Tavares. I mean, you know, and I don't know whether they're going to put Neilander back on that line. I think that they're probably going to go. You know, based on the success that they've had recently, you know, stick with Mikheyev, with Tavares and Kerfoot or, you know, whatever. So I, I, I think that that's you know, that's likely where they're going to go. Right. If they go that way, then, yeah, the onus is on Tavares and and McKayev and those secondary players to step up off it. Now, you know, the thing is, I don't know whether any team can shut down Matthews and Marner like Montreal did last year. You know, Deno matched up against Matthews and Tavares wasn't there. And Kerfoot and Nylander picked up the slack. I mean, that's what you're paying. That's what you're paying John Tavares $11 million for. And when in this first playoff, (laughs) he showed up. You know, in his first playoff against the Bruins, he showed up until Zdeno Chara punched him in the chops. So you know, the, and and that's the thing. It's like you, you, I, I, I think there's more experience on this team. Their defense right. is better. You know, what will they get the goaltending? Will they get the secondary offense? These are questions that we're not going to know until we're in the playoffs. So that we'll, we'll see what happens there.
0: So, Nylander on the third line. I, I know his uh, his devotees think he should be on the first line with Matthews and Marner should be traded um, to the junior A juniors L league um, just because it's Marner. Um, but like, again, uh, I don't think Austin Matthews wants to play with, with uh, Nyland or anyone else other than number 16. There's a, there's a reason he's gonna, you know, it's it's Gretzky Curry, whatever. So, Uh, Marner, I mean, sorry, uh, Nylander, second line, third line. He seems to do well on either because the Leafs have enough, uh, you know, complimentary pieces to, you know, help him on the second line or compliment him on the third, on the third line, unless he's not scoring. And then it's everybody else's fault. We all know that. I think they, do they want to spread the offense out? Right. Because again, the concept is, well, let's, you know, put the top two guys on the top line and then maybe the third best scorer on the third line. How, like wh- how, what's your what's your opinion of how Sheldon Keefe has worked um, Neilander into the third line, and do you think that's well? That's just that's fine for now, but we really need to stack the top two, and I, that's a,
1: you know, I, I think they recognize that Neilander operates better when the offensive center flows through him, and on a line with Tavares, you know, sure. he's sort of the complement. Yeah. Whereas when he's playing and, and he, you know, if, if they stick with what they're going with right now, the, mm-hmm. the third line would be Engvall camp and yep. Newlander. Now the thing is though, in the playoffs, you want that checking line, which has been Engvall, Kerfoot or McKayev yeah. and camp. You want that line matching up against the other team's offensive line and if you put Neilander on there, if you, and, and I, you know, I hate to, I'm not, not casting aspersions here, but he's, he's the worst plus minus on the team. I think last time I looked, he was plus or minus 16 on a team that was mostly pluses. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know whether you, you know, you could say, well, I want him playing with camp and I want him playing with, uh, with, uh, a Kerfoot or, or with, uh, uh, with Engval because they're more responsible defensively and they can cover up for his defensive inability. So mm-hmm. you can make that point. He's minus 11 now. Uh, and I'm just looking here right now. I think yeah. he, he's the worst plus minus on the team.
0: Yeah. Uh, Steph, but, Steph, yeah. A, point, a point a game. And the thing about Nylanders, we would lo- like, again, and I make, I'm being facetious when I kind of go on about his people, right? It is what it is. You know, and, and I'd, if I, if I were, I'd love the guy too, but here's the thing, okay? If he is the guy who is leading the charge in this playoff, if right. he's leading the charge, the Leafs are going to lose again. Yes, they're they're going to lose again,
1: and that's nothing against him. No, that, no, I, no. That, that no. means Matthews,
0: Matthews and Marner, right? The, those guys, for their own reasons, right? For their own preservation, um, and and you know, uh, their uh, terms of um, reputation. Those guys, like, you need everybody going. It, it can't be, well, Nylander in the great playoff and everyone else fell. That's all kind of, uh, you know, it's very uh, entitled and, um, you know, uh, the combative. And the whole team, everybody needs to pull their weight. We need Nylander to do what he did last playoff, at least some of it, because he did a lot but the big guys need to come through and uh you're you're right though because he is an imaginative imaginative guy and very creative and him having kind of control of a line is pretty pretty unique but let's face it once the leafs get on the power play number 88 is integral right um and that yeah. that's where he can really shine and pick that's up the fun. points and then co- collaborate with the other dudes so uh, it, it is a business-
1: Especially on the power play norm. I mean, that's where yeah. you know we're, we're going to see. I mean, last year we know the second half of the year the power play was brutal. Um, this year the power play has been pretty consistent, although they went through like an 0 for 16.
0: And that, but that's okay. But that's-
1: then they, then then they got on track and they scored a power play goal yesterday. So they had their little hiccup. Um, if their if their power play is operating the way it has been for most of the year in the playoffs, then there that's a that's a check mark in the in the in the positive
0: column. Pundo, 100% man 100% atkanzaki physical toughness and mental toughness do these leafs these leafs have enough to elevate their game in the first round and you know we can we can leave it with with this question and your and your last words mike but uh, i do, just... do they, right and how do we know now i think that is something that will hit up the precipice in the playoffs and there will be a moment and they're either going to have to rise above it or they're going to succumb to it well,
1: team toughness, I mean, okay, do they have the individual players that other teams do? No, but they can rely on team toughness, and I do think that they'll stick up for each other. Guys like Muzzin and Clifford, who have been through the wars, they're going to be important. You know, guys like Simmons, but, you know, last year last year in the playoffs, Jason Spetza, you know, uh, or a couple, it was a couple years ago, dropped the gloves in the play. It's, you know, it's up to each individual player to stick up for themselves and stick up for his teammates, so we'll see if they do that i think they will but it what is that that's a question of whether they win or not again i it i think that's determined by who they play and how that team is playing when they get in the playoffs. We'll see. So,
0: so another one from Tyndall, with Mitch playing well, he could get Tavares going, and Willie with Matthews, not a terrible – it makes zero sense to go, all right, well, Matthews and Marner, you guys, you know, you know uh, together, uh, 200 points. You, I'll, they, I'll are, just, they are the best, one of the best dynamic duos in the league, uh, and then to say the playoffs are here, Mitch go get – Tavares going. Tavares doesn't need anybody to get He's him going. He's got
1: 75 points. No, no he doesn't need anybody game. to get him
0: going. He didn't get a chance. And that's another thing. We talk about Um, kind of reclaiming uh, the reputation of being somebody who can perform. The, T- Tavares really didn't do much with the Islanders. And that's a, it'll be a knock on him. And we haven't really talked about him because he missed the playoffs last year after getting walloped. For him, he could... re. John Tavares may just be the guy who stirs the drink for for much of a a lengthy playoff run if the Leafs have one, for for a multitude of reasons, Uh, maybe none more so than him saying, I get a chance to play some playoff hockey again. It's been two long years because I was barely involved in that series last year. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, I I mean, Tavares takes his role as the leader of this team seriously. Um, Obviously, there was nothing he could do uh, about what happened to him in game one last year. It it cast a pall over the entire playoffs for the team. And then losing to Montreal yeah. is just the, 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 right. negative, the negative cherry on top of the Sunday. So he's got a lot to prove to himself and to his team. And, you know, in terms of being that leader, and I – you know he's played great this year. I know a lot of people have been disappointed. I mean, you know he's got a point per game, so I don't think you can ask much more of John Tavares than scoring a point per game when Austin Matthews has a hundred points and 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 Mitch Marner is probably going to end up with a hundred points by the end of the season. There's only there's only so much puck to go
0: around, isn't there?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean he's you know I know he's making eleven million dollars. He's the second line center. You know, he plays 20 minutes a night, but right. he's the second line. He's the second line center, and but he's on the power play. So, you know, would you like him to have 90, 95 points? Sure. But 80, like right now he's on pace for uh, 81, 82 points. I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. It, it, it's interesting how we analyze things and um, look back and, you know, if – uh, we we knew then what we know now kind of stuff. The John Tavares sign and we're getting we're getting off track. I'm gonna let you have the last word here. But that John Tavares signing meant more than just uh, a player coming over and putting up 80, 90 points, but not enough for the fan base because of what he's making. Like that had a that had a ripple effect. That signing that signing was required for more reasons than bringing in an elite player. And we we know this. A lot of people forget that. That was a big deal for Kyle Dubas. That was a big deal for this organization. That was a, that's the biggest free agent signing in the history of an organization that's been around 110 years.
1: And I think that, you know, and we'll see whether this comes to fruition over the next couple of years. I think that there was always a hesitancy about, regarding Toronto-based players coming back home. You know, we saw Stamkos not want to come here. But the reason he didn't want to come is because he didn't want to be perceived as having to be the savior because at that point, Matthews... He made just... a good call. He won two cups. Right. But but it was that was not... I mean, yes, Tampa was on the precipice. But the reason he did is because he, all the weight would have been on him. There was no... You didn't know what, what Matthews was going to be. You didn't know what Marner was going to be at that point. You didn't know what Nylander was going to be. Two years later, John Tavares... Matt Matthews had won the Calder. Everybody knew he was going to be a star. The, the, the other Leaf players are established. You saw that the, this team was on on the rise. Now with this core group, if they can have some success in the playoffs, it's sort of like what's happening with the Bills in Buffalo. You're going to have players wanting to play for the Leafs. You know, you can only hope that, like a guy like Giordano, recognizing that what's going on in Toronto right now. If they have some success. Do you think Giordano might want to resign with this team for a little bit less for a year or two that had a chance to win a Stanley cup that he hasn't won in his career? I why, think
0: unless there was some stupid payday waiting for him,
1: unless he, go,
0: unless he wants to go back to Calgary and finish his
1: career, it would make sense that he, they could resign. Him. But I'm just saying this team is in a position right now that if they have some success, there'll be other players who come and like other successful teams take a little less to play for them and to hope potentially win with them
0: just uh Tavares going back to 12 13 um he, he's back they've back. every team he's played on is about out of the playoffs in the first round except for the 15 16 islanders and yeah. they he, he you know what he was big he was one of the reasons why they won that first he, round scored,
1: he scored the overtime winner over right. florida so yeah yeah 11
0: 11 points in 11 games so the Leafs collectively have a lot to prove um, to to everybody, but most importantly, themselves. I'm telling you right now, number 91, th- that that is a, um, and he's not a dark horse because we're expecting a lot for, from him. But this guy, uh, there, there's a lot on the line for this cat. And in terms of the big four, he's the eldest. And he's probably getting to a point where he's thinking to himself, you know, I need to turn the corner here. Uh, not just not because I don't play well in the playoffs, not because I haven't had a great career. I don't know if it's a Hall of Fame career, but uh, has a, he's, he has a, has a really solid career. Um, but he didn't play last year; he missed out. And um, I'm expecting, I'm expecting some things from from this guy. You're speaking of the Toronto guys, the uh, um, the Giordano Simmons goal the other night. Now that that was those dudes 10 years ago and and that was you know every so often there's something there and now Philadelphia was a shit show right they just couldn't they couldn't it up against anybody but that was that was pretty right that was the, the oh, old it, was
1: it was a fantastic goal and i we, we'd like to see um more of that and i think you probably could see more of that in the playoffs and i know that's like a uh, somebody who is an acquaintance of mine sent me a message and said that might be jason spetz's last goal and i'm like The guy's a fourth liner. I know he's 38 or 39 years old. He scored 11 goals this year. If they want him back and if he wants to come back, he's coming back. So I don't think, I don't think that was Jason Spetz's last goal.
0: And I'll tell you, if the Leafs go on a long playoff run, uh, we're going to see more goals from him. We'll leave it with Corey Parrish. This year just feels different. Can't explain it, but it just does. Guess we will see. Those four words, Corey. Guess we will see. Um, with a question mark mike anything else you want to add before we get out of here
1: uh no just i would say you know tomorrow would be will be a fairly entertaining game against tampa bay and uh yeah i'm you know i th- i think if the leafs beat tampa they're doing themselves a favor of making a boston toronto series more likely
0: that's the that's one of the reasons to go and, and 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 play that game the way they need to but you know beating tampa at this point um, they just beat them really not going to mean a hell of a lot um, other than maybe setting themselves up for a better chance of success. Finally in the playoffs in the first round, if they can match up against the Boston team, that seems finally ripe for defeat. But as Corey Parrish says, guess we will see. OGS geez. Converts. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll get back at you sometime later in this week, most likely Sunday for Mike. I'm Norm. We're out.